0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. Welcome in. I'm your host Patrick Lyons. Joining me today on the show all the way from Parts Unknown, Mr. Kevin Henry <laughs> from Fan Side first time in a long time. How's it going, brother?
1: P Lyons. good to see you, brother.
0: Yeah, we uh I wish I was seeing you under a different circumstance, of course, Rocky did get swept today with the 3-2 loss of the Padres, a game that they did hold the lead. There's some good news that came out of, I think, Tuesday night's game, a couple uh, returns to the mound in particular. So uh, that was really positive. But uh, I know you keep tabs on the minor guys uh, a lot. So we'll jump off of the bat with the bad news. The isotopes, unfortunately, were eliminated from the Pacific Coast League playoffs. Uh, they were trying to make the postseason for the first time, and unfortunately not, not going to happen with their Rockies affiliation.
1: It was a good run for Winton and the crew there, but you know, whenever you lose some of the guys like Hunter Goodman and all those that have called up, gotten called up, uh, good for them for keeping it going.
0: Yeah, Winton went uh, wild, man. As soon as he came over, he seemed to definitely have provided some boost, I think, to the clubhouse and on the field as well. Uh, he yeah. was really nice. I don't know if we'll see him in this final week. It's it's strange how September call-ups is what we're so used to, but uh, now with the most recent collective bargaining agreement, you know, rosters top out at the 28 players, and so we don't get that same influx of, of young guys coming up. Rockies do have a ton of guys, but it would be cool to just load the dugout up with Aaron Shunk, Wynn Bernard, bring back Cole Tucker, bring back Coco Montes, yeah. all those guys. I, I do miss those days.
1: Agreed. I, I love the days when the dugouts was full, the clubhouse was jam packed. You know, you had a lot of guys that you could talk to. and You had all those different pitching matchups, you know, back before the three hitter minimum. Uh, you know, you could just keep swapping guys in and out. It was a beautiful time.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, it definitely made games last a lot longer, which is something that I don't <laughs> want to give up personally. I mean, it's this has been really nice these games going much more a uh, reasonable length. Like I mean, hey, I I, I like a good extra inning game and, you know, you want to see that late inning action and and excitement, but I think we're still getting it. We're just reducing that fourth, fifth, sixth inning when it gets crazy with all the different substitutions. Well,
1: you know, we were talking Sunday at the ballpark whenever it got very Coorsy against the Giants about how long the game felt and it was just over a three hour game, you know, and back in the day, one of those games would have been near a four hour game. Uh, with that uh, 11-10, you know, uh, last-ditch comeback try for the Rockies. So uh, I I don't mind giving that hour back. I really don't.
0: Absolutely. Chase Anderson was uh, really nice again today, you know, piggybacks the seven-inning, no-hitter. It was also a five-walker, but it was a hitter as well. Uh, And, you know, uh, only gave up the one run. Uh, I think it was on there. So uh, at least in the early going, actually, Justin Lawrence came in. I think that boosted the number just a little bit, but you know, he's been a guy that when he came back from the IL, I think there was some discussion of like, well, should this spot go to one of the younger guys? And I think that's still a fair conversation to have, but he's uh, definitely stepped up really nicely. These last two starts. He has.
1: And, and I think he's a guy you were talking about when Bernard in the clubhouse, I think chase Anderson's a guy that's very respected in the clubhouse. He's one of those guys that, you know, whenever you and I are there, you can tell he's just liked. And, and I think Bud likes that veteran presence. And I think Chase is really showing that he should be a part of 2024 plans, you know, with, with Herman and Antonio and all the things that we know aren't going to happen at the start of next season. To have a guy like Chase out there who's very reliable, I think that that's not such a bad option.
0: Yeah, people might be surprised to know that Chase Anderson and Nolan Jones, they are pretty buddy-buddy. They, they, you know, crack jokes at each other. You got a pitcher and yeah. a hitter, a guy who's 35, kid who's 25 like they have uh, some good back and forth they like to uh, whenever we're talking with nolan chase usually likes to come by with his phone like hey i want to record you too big time they uh do a good job razzing each other good good chemistry there real nice chemistry with uh brendan rogers first home run of the season this year i i was surprised i had to look it up i was like okay he hasn't had a ton he's only been back for about a month but that was his first one Uh, he's able to cut through that marine layer First, first one with the Rockies this year.
1: Yeah, and and B Rod's a guy that we we kept saying, okay, he'll get to 100 at bats, he'll get to 100 plate appearances, he'll start feeling really good. But you know, it's like Hunter Goodman said on Sunday, it was nice to get that first one out of the way. I'm sure it was pretty nice for B Rod to get that first one out of the way for the year as
0: well. Yeah, he's definitely someone that presses, and I think he put some undue pressure on himself. Maybe he's he's picked that up off of Ryan and over the last couple years, whatever. This is a really good way to allow him to, to reset just a little bit. And we'll talk that about, uh, about that regarding Tuesday's starter, getting that opportunity to reset. Daniel Bard on Monday going out there and, and getting a chance to kind of reset before the offseason goes. I'm sure Chris Bryant would like a, a maybe a different reset before he goes back to Chicago. First time at Wrigley Field as a member of the Colorado Rockies. He gets ejected today. We got to see a little bit of a fire, if you will, from Mr. KB. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was a bad series in San Diego for KB. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, last year, whenever uh, you know, I was at Wrigley for the, the Cubs-Rocky series, and, you know, they did the press conference, even though KB was out, uh, you know, they still had him come out and talk to the Chicago media. And it was not his favorite moment. I can just tell you that. He was not very excited about doing the big scrum. And this year, like you said, knowing he's actually playing in the series, I'm sure the media attention will still be as much, and, you know, and one thing we were talking about earlier today is the way KB played against the Cubs at Coors. Now, if he can come on fire at Wrigley against the Cubs, and you have this storyline of could Chris Bryant be the guy who keeps the Cubs out of the postseason? Uh, I think that's just a, a juicy little tidbit to to kind of plant there.
0: Rockies definitely didn't help the Cubs out by allowing the Padres uh, to have a sweep, three win, claw back. I think there's like five games back in the final wild card spot, but yeah, they did rain on the parade when two out of three and. uh, and and looking good over the weekend, taking three out of four from the San Francisco Giants, which was kind of a surprise. So, yeah, that will be interesting to see uh, how Chris Bryant impacts the wild card race uh, in Chicago this weekend. Also on uh, social media at the NVR underscore Rockies, kind of commented on it with a little tear emoji. Ryan Spielborgs, it was his final uh, yep. in studio show for AT Sports. Not you know, they're still going to be broadcasting games throughout the rest of the year, but i'm not sure what your thoughts are or, or, or any information that you've got right now going forward but it does sound like the Rockies are going to be on ATT sports net going forward a place that's pretty much been their home for uh, as long as i can remember
1: yeah you know and, and it's been an adjustment for the fans in san diego for the fans in arizona to not be on Bally or you know fox sports west or Fox sports san diego so now it's going to be an adjustment for the rockies as well rockies fans and i think it's going to be very interesting to see, of course, what happens next year. And it's way too early to really even hypothesize about that. But how much of that crew will be back next year knowing uh, AT&T Sportsnet will not be part of the Rockies family.
0: Yeah, that's pretty wild to see. I mean, uh, a lot of people today, a shout out to everybody at our Rocky Mountain chapter of Sabre. Uh, you where know, we got together for for lunch, and that was kind of one of the topics of, of conversation about at and Sportsnet and are the Rockies going to be over on altitude? Will we be able to watch the Rockies on altitude? Yeah. There are a lot of teams you can't watch on altitude. So I don't know. Uh, it might be a fit, but it's also not a great fit as well.
1: <laughs> no, and, it, and it's frustrating, you know, because because the, the Nugs and Avs thing has gone on for so long and there's been so much finger pointing. And, you know, and they're missing such good parts of the years for the Nugs and the Avs. I mean, championship seasons, Denver sports fans haven't been able to watch. And so whenever you see a Rockies team that's kind of starting to get that young core together and to think that there's a possibility that that might not be the case as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that that's really uh, sad and hoping it's not the case.
0: Yeah. What do we see on altitude sports first An Avs game a nuggets game or a Rockies <laughs> game? You we go, well, the Rockies, they're not even part of the package just yet. Yet. All yeah. Right, we'll see. Exactly. We'll see about that. Uh, you don't have to wait and see to get some of the, the best bourbon around. A blended bourbon whiskey from the folks over at Breckenridge Bourbon, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos, a high rye match American-style whiskey. They've got a cool thing going on right now. Put out a hashtag, hashtag Broncos Bourbon. Win two tickets to Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite for the Broncos-Chargers game right at the end of the season, number 31st. Help uh, kind of maybe ring in the new year or at least flush out the previous year. Uh, on New Year's, Eve. post your favorite Broncos photo to Instagram, Facebook, using hashtag Broncos Bourbon. by the end of November. Because on Defe- December 1st, they're going to narrow it down to ten fi- final ten favorites. Fan votes going out on December 4th through December 12th. Most votes wins tickets, Breckenridge Distillery, and Broncos swag. To enter, go to breckenridgedistillery.com/slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos. They're going to be at, at all the Broncos tailgates. We got it here at the DNVR Bar Watch Party, so tap in to Breckenridge Bird, the official bird of the Denver Broncos. Hey, DraftKings Sportsbook is back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign in with code DNVR. New customers bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code DNVR. The crown, if you want it, is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net in New York. Call 1 800, call 877 8 ny or text HOPE-NY. in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 777 or visit DCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake, Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older, varies by jurisdiction. Varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. I was excited about knowing what ONT was. It's Ontario. cSportsbook.com dot slash <laughs> slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. That ad is back. And so is Ryan Feltner. Man, what a great comeback. Chad Bettis. Came back for seven shutout innings against Atlanta in August 2017. Now Ryan Feltner can add his name to the list of great comebacks in Rockies history. May 13th, gets the line drive off the head, unfortunately. Uh, off the bat of Nick of so the Phillies, concussion, skull fracture. But five scoreless in his first game back with the Rockies. What what a comeback. What a debut back from the IL. Absolutely.
1: You know, and, and I think just the fact that what he had to overcome... Uh, You know, that first pitch, you know, how quickly do you start thinking about that comebacker? How much do you have to get past that? And I think the fact that he came back and came back strong, you know, and and got through it in Spokane, got through it in Albuquerque, you know, made all the steps that he needed to do to get back. You know, and and you and I were there. I think it was pouring down rain one day when Ryan Feltner's in the dugout and they're talking about all the things that they may put in his hat to help protect him and, and everything else. And, and the fact that he came back this season, I mean, big kudos to him for that.
0: Yeah, impressive. He, he, we don't know who the starters are against the Cubs, but if he does go on Sunday, which he certainly could, that means he'll get uh, a third start even. So uh, Buddy had said, you know, one or two starts, might be close to three. So, yeah, that's just such a wonderful story. Looking forward to catching up with him in Chicago. You and I will both be out uh, covering this series at Wrigley Cubs. Rocky. Hopefully he is still putting those inserts in his hat, not just for his own benefit and his own health, but again, for the advancement of protection in, in the sport of sure. baseball. It's just wild to think that young 8-, 9-, 10-year-old kids who have about the same reaction time as big leaguers, right? Because they're only going from a much shorter distance. It's not 60 feet, 6 inches, but it's shorter, and yet the reaction time is very similar. They need to have some protection, so uh, I'm hoping has continued with putting those little inserts in his hat for protection.
1: Well, you know, and, and sadly we remember the cool ball tragedy and we remember mm. that we know that that's why, you know, base coaches now wear the hard helmets, you know, and so it, sometimes it takes an event to remind us of the the blunt nature that this sport, this sport can have. And so I, I'm a big believer in that too. I think that we've got to make sure that any type of comebacker that comes back you know, how can we protect the pitcher the best? And and obviously, we're worrying about pitch calm now. We're worrying about everything else that goes on with the pitcher. But to keep that pitcher safe, I think, is the most important thing of all.
0: Yeah, too often, I think how you look is a factor. And, and I think to an agree, a degree, it's that part of, hey, well, I'm going to feel a little imbalanced if there's something too heavy on my head. I mean, even a couple yeah. ounces could possibly throw you off. But you practice with that, and you're going to be okay. Now, this game on the. Uh, good. what you got?
1: Well, I'm just going to go old school on you because you remember John Olerud, of course, and, and him actually wearing the hard helmet out in the field and so long that people were kind of mocking that. But that was for his protection, you know? And so I think that that's something that you're exactly right. You practice with it, you get used to it, and, and safety's got to be the, the most important thing.
0: I'm glad you said that because John Olerud, I believe, won a couple gold gloves in his career. So I yeah. uh, certainly he wasn't so bad. I'm being good. Yeah, he was good. He was definitely good. Uh, Rocky's not so good on Tuesday night. Gosh, imagine, and I don't know if this has ever happened, and I didn't look it up. I imagine uh, something similar could have happened. But imagine if you get no hit and you get walked off in the same game. That was in play on Tuesday night before Brendan Rodgers finally got the first hit. Uh, for the Rockies in the ninth inning. Also got him on the board on Wednesday, so he had a nice little 24 hours there. And then you got Xander Bogart, Bogarts with the two-run walk-off home run. That, come on, that's never happened, right? You get no hit and then walked off in the same game?
1: Only the 2023 Rockies. You know, that's just all there is to it. So, But I, I will say, you know, as much as I know we, we talk Rockies and we talk offensive inefficiency and everything else, Blake Snell, what he has done against the Dodgers in his last start and obviously the Rockies with seven innings and no-hit ball, if that hasn't secured the NL Cy Young for him, I'm not sure what the voters are really looking at because, man, he has just done such a phenomenal job. And, and I will tell you, a, a friend of mine had a discussion the other day about he's got to be also the MVP for the Padres this year. I mean, on, all, on both sides. I think that you could argue Blake Snell is the guy – who should be the MVP for the Padres and may even get some MVP votes just throwing that out there.
0: Yeah, could be some down ballot votes for sure. Yeah, he leads the majors right now with a 2.33 three ERA, also leads in opponent batting average, hits per nine, second in strikeouts. He does lead the majors in walks, which I'm right. not terribly a fan of, but I mean, he's kind of been hit shoulders uh above the rest of the pack. He, he would be the first It's not the first time either he would be the first to lead the league in walks should he win the Cy Young board. Uh, since Hall of Famer early win did so for the 1959 Chicago White Sox. So it's not totally unprecedented. You know, Logan Webb kind of put himself in the conversation with a great start at uh, Coors Field against the Rockies last week. But this start for Snell is really good. What's interesting is yeah. Justin Steele, who was the Cubs guy, and he's kind of fallen off just a little bit. Didn't start against the Rockies in Colorado. Looks like he's not going to be starting against the Rockies in Chicago. So uh, he does not get the advantage of, uh, you know, pitching against a team that does obviously struggle at more uh, sea level type altitudes.
1: And I'm sure you've looked ahead at the schedule just like I have. And Justin Steele is scheduled to open the series in Atlanta against the Braves right after the Rockies leave town. So that, that Cubs Braves series Right after the Rockies and and Cubs finish up the home part of the Wrigley Field schedule for the regular season. Uh, That's going to be one fantastic one to watch the final week of the season.
0: I was a little surprised that after the Rockies came through with, what, nine runs on Monday, that they were only able to score four after that. So it was like the marine layer and dropping down to sea level was an impact in game one. And Michael Walker's no slouch, and really they did their damage against the bullpen. But it's just kind of strange that they come out firing all cylinders only to to fall flat right after that.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. You would have thought if you gave those three scores, which one came first, nobody would have picked the high score for sure, knowing the rocks had come straight from from altitude to sea level and knowing the Coors Field hangover that happens. And I am curious, because they got the day off in Chicago tomorrow. How do they come out against this Cubs team that honestly, you know, Cubs will be playing Thursday night against the Pirates there at Wrigley, so they don't have the benefit of a day off. You know, will the will the Rockies come out loose? Or are they going to embrace that whole spoiler role uh, now that they're actually playing a team with some postseason aspirations? Of, not the Padres, of course, but uh, what will it look like at Wrigley this weekend? It's going to be fascinating to watch.
0: Those Denver disruptors, man. That's, that's what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. With the uh, near-no-hitter yesterday on, on Tuesday, that's like the fifth time this month – uh, twice for the Rockies. We had the Jason Anderson, you know, near no yep. hitter uh, with the seven in- in- innings. Uh, and there- there's been a lot. There's been a lot of no hitters kind of in the air. Corbin Ber- Ber- uh, doing it for Milwaukee. Eight uh, no for the Yankees. Hunter Brown did it. Uh, Alex Cobb just had one earlier in the month against the Rebs. Yep. So I don't know. There, we might see a no hitter or two in the final, you know, week and a half of the season. I don't know; something's in the air.
1: Something's going to happen. You, there will be something happen this last week and a half that we'll all be talking about heading into the postseason. I mean, that's that's the beauty of baseball, right there, man.
0: I'm not sure if you can actually bet on a no hitter on game time tickets, but you can probably always take the under if you wanted to. Um, but you know, game time tickets—they've got some great deals uh, where you can go you know, Rockies game super low. If you want to go out to Wrigley, join us. Hey, that's fantastic. But no, uh, Nuggets. I have found such great deals on the Nuggets. And so many other people have talked about that too, especially during the finals where compared to all of the other different ways you can get tickets, Game Time tickets is, has been the way to go. Besides the fact that you can use code DNVR to get $20 off your first purchase, you can also wait close to the start of the event. So... If you're just hanging around the arena, ballpark, whatever it may be, you can go in tonight because a lot of those ticket sellers, look, they're just trying to get something. They're trying to get their money back, maybe even break even, and boom, that's where you jump in uh, and get a nice deal with game time. And with code DNVR, we get 20 bucks off that first purchase. Shady Rays, man, those are the shades I'm going to be wearing uh, while I'm out there in Chicago. They still have sun in September. I don't know. When when does the sun go away for a you know a few months until springtime kevin you know a lot more about chicago in chicago (laughs) weather than i do but there's a time in which there's just no sun in chicago right
1: that's when the bears take uh, full control of the city that's when the sun goes away trust me
0: and then you need the the glasses to be wearing to to cover your red eyes swollen crying a little bit you're probably a bears fan (laughs) Uh, But, no, they got a great deal. Buy one, get one free. Go DNVR. Go to the Park Meadows Mall. If you want two or more pairs of polarized shades, get 50% off those as well. And their also broken replacement policy is is just second to none because if you happen to just be slightly absent-minded or just life happens to you, you lose or break your shades, contact them. They're going to go ahead and hook you up in a really nice way. So for those historians out there, those who are curious, Rockies have had three no-hitters pitched against them most recently. Course being Kershaw Dodger Stadium in 2014. You also had Al Leiter and Hyde, both in that 96 season. Hyde Nomo being the only guy to throw a no hitter at Coors Field. Kev, did you know that the Rockies have the third longest streak in the National League of not getting no hit?
1: Isn't that crazy? I
0: That's mean, you, you think about yeah. all the
1: times so that we've talked about that Coors Field hangover and everything else. And they're the ones that have outlasted so many other teams.
0: That's true. Yeah, Kershaw's was 2014 at Dodger Stadium. 2013, Giants were no-hit by Homer Bailey. And then 2012, Johan Santana, first ever no-hitter for the Mets, shut down the St. Louis Cardinals. So Cardinals and Giants have gotten the longest. But you're right. Yeah, the Rockies of all the teams, when you think they are most no-hittable, hey, no, they've got the third-long streak of preventing that from happening.
1: Aren't there a few quirky things, you know? We and I know we talk hundred losses and, and everything else, you know. The Rockies still haven't done that. There's a few of those things that you just look at and you go, "Wait, the Rockies haven't done that yet." And and that's definitely one of those where you start looking at those no-hit uh, links.
0: <laughs> it's true. Justin Lawrence had the uh, the little ankle issue last Friday. We got to see him on Tuesday. Pitched an inning. Uh, had a hard time finding the zone just a little bit there. Yeah. You know, did give up a couple of hits. Uh, today's game, inherited a couple of runners that ended up scoring uh, against Chase Anderson there. Uh, but but he's back. And we got uh, some other good news as far as uh, the Rockies and their minor league affiliates go. Sure, ice hopes are out of it. But back-to-back MVPs for their minor league affiliates, right? Low A and high A. Ryan Ritter, as Susie mentioned yesterday, Fresno. And now today, Spokane, Jordan Beck winning the Northwest League MVP.
1: That's pretty cool, man. It is, and and you know, w- there's there's something going on with those those A franchises. Uh, what what they have done in Fresno and Spokane since coming into the Rockies family and the success that there's been in both of those, uh, you know, I, I think that they've they've become a real good model for how you take those young guys and really mold them into professional baseball players.
0: And so much was made of the 2013 Asheville Tourist team, uh, who won the. League and they got knocked out, I think, in the in the finals there. But they were the best team in the, the, the South Atlantic League in twenty thirteen. And you look at the list of the guys that were on that roster, they all contributed in twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. They were used to winning. They did not want to win. Yeah. And they had that factor where they were playing for each other. And we know the Rockies, they like to be more homegrown. I mean, in fact you know, the two thousand seventeen, that was all a lot of a lot of their guys that, that grew up together and won a lot of games minors together. So you know, if the Rockies get back into contention here, maybe 2025, 2026, I think you're right. We're going to be pointing to those teams in Spokane and Fresno, maybe next year in Hartford, let's say. Yeah. And, and, and understand, hey, this is where that success really started to be bred.
1: You know, and you, you talk to a Gabriel Hughes, you talk to a Chase Dollander, you talk to some of these guys. It's even in the ACL as well. I mean, these guys are really starting to learn from the very start, the importance of winning. And I know some people may roll their eyes whenever you talk about that with the Rockies, but I think that there's really something bubbling under the surface at these lower levels that, like you said, hopefully we'll see at Hartford, and then it keeps moving up to AAA, and then eventually gets to Denver.
0: There was a explosive report that came out of the Athletic. Dennis Lynn, Ken Rosenthal, I know Kevin A.C. of the St. Tribune. Union Tribune. Uh, I know you keep tabs on the Padres just a little bit. Just about what's going on, not necessarily in the clubhouse for the Padres, but just the entire organization from top down. AJ Preller all the way down. Not sure if you got a chance to read any of that and, and yeah. see some of the institutional failures uh, as described by one player. Uh, I thought the locker room was going to be a complete shit show, and it wasn't. So there's you know different reports going either way. Uh, but just curious of what your thoughts on what's going on with the Padres, because in my estimation and uh, my view of what's going on, they probably should just blow this thing up because it's it's not going to happen for one way or another.
1: It, it's not, and and you know you think back a couple of years ago, right at the height of the Arenado trade and how Rockies fans felt about Jeff Breitich, that is Padres fans right now with AJ Preller. Oh. you know the 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 luster has worn off completely. And so I think that this, like you said, this explosion that came out of The Athletic that followed up on on A.C.'s article that really kind of targeted Manny Machado. Uh, But what uh, Ken Rosenthal and Dennis Lynn did with The Athletic, it talks about all the times that A.J. Preller and and his unfixable relationship with Bob Melvin. You know, there's just so many things that are wrong right now in San Diego, despite all the contracts, despite everything else. You know we talked about blake snell a minute ago that is one of their biggest free agents going into the offseason him and josh Hader. you know will those guys come back and the question is do they want to come back knowing the dysfunction that might be going on in san diego
0: yeah there is even a report about a certain player who hired in a role that may or may not have been qualified and you know, sitting in on player uh meetings and and and, and whatnot and possibly be yeah. a spy for the front office. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of things just kind of tossed around, just very dysfunctional.
1: You can just tell that there's not trust there. You know, and I think whenever mm-hmm. you've got guys that are wondering, are they really spies? You know, do Preller and Melvin even talk anymore? You know, and, and I think, you know, obviously you read the article, there was a point where it talked about how that Preller and Melvin, Melvin were on the same page and maybe were saying different things to the players as well. And, and you just can't do that and have success I don't care how many All-Stars you've got in your lineup. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, it's just lack of chemistry there whatsoever. But i tell you what, the, guy, the folks over at Breck Brew, they've got the chemistry for Broncos Country made with those high-wire hops, 100% renewable energy made right here in Colorado. Go and support a great Colorado company because they've been supporting us forever. It's Breck Brew. And Broncos Country, that's the, uh, that's the go-to right now. That's our beer of the month. Go to the beer locator at breckbrew.com and find a Breck Brew. Near you, every Rockies minor league city, except Hartford. Hartford, come on, do that. All right, we got some lingering questions here, uh, for you to help figure out for us just a little bit here, Kev. Brian yep. McMahon, he uh, he was on the bench for three of four games. Or at least he started that day. Uh, I think there's some people that don't like when you say this guy gets a day off. No, he's just starting on the bench, and we have seen Buddy, <laughs> you know, bring these guys in later in the game. So. Okay, uh, but he did start on the bench three of the last four games uh, before today, and I think a lot of that has to do with him striking out possibly 200 times. I think he's just under that mark right now if you're trying to project out. Um, but does it matter to you at all if he strikes out 200 times or if he breaks the franchise record of 190 that by Trevor Story back in 2015?
1: No, I think our friend Luke Hall on Rocky's Twitter made a really good point that this is who Rymack is. Rymack is a very streaky hitter, and that streaky can be very good, and it can be very strikeout filled. You know, the 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts the other day before the starting on the bench, as you like to say, which I love that uh, twist on it. That's well done there. (laughs) Uh, But I, I think that it is something that Buddy realizes that when Rymack gets in a funk, that he's got to do something to snap out of it, and that may be taking a breath, taking a step back. But does it matter if he hits 200? I don't really know that it is because it's not like it's going to change anything, just like I'm not sure if it's going to change anything if the Rockies hit 100 losses, to be perfectly frank.
0: Yeah, great point. Couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. In the last five full seasons, dating back to 2017, seven times uh, by six different players, we've seen 200 strikeouts, and they're pretty good. Iron Judge, Kyle Schwarber, Jim Stanton, Joey Gallo twice. Matt Chapman, and Yohan Moncada. I mean, okay, that's not a group of guys that you say are like, oh, man, so infamous. Nah. No,
1: I'd take that lineup. You give me those guys, I'd I take that.
0: And even if you look at the, him striking out five times in a game, now, granted, he's the first Rockies player to do it twice, but the list of guys that have also done it, pretty good. C.J. Crone, Trevor Story, D.J. LeMahieu, Carlos Gonzalez, and Roberto Mejia. But still. A good a good group like it's strikeouts just it, it's not it's not that important
1: yeah it, it, it's I don't think it is either agreed
0: starting rotation has been decimated by injury we still don't know who's going to be starting against the Cubs we'll talk about that series just a second but um do you think we should have seen Noah Davis who I think might end up getting a start possibly in Chicago but yeah. should we have seen Noah Davis earlier when he came back from the IL or Dre- Jeff Criswell in the rotation and given opportunities over those three veteran guys and Chris Flexen, Chase Anderson, and I block? I think
1: maybe if anybody else but Bud Black was the manager, I would say yes. But knowing Bud's offici- uh, love of veterans and his trust of them over maybe some of the younger guys, and there are some people that will fault Buddy for that but I think that's who he is as a manager is that he's comfortable with rolling out a veteran who may not have the uh, flash or the potential of that young guy. Uh, he feels a lot more comfortable going with a flex and going with an Anderson uh, than he would, he does somebody that he doesn't really know what he's going to get. So, so I would say there's a lot of other managers that would have absolutely done that, but that is not Bud Black style.
0: Yeah, no, Davis is the only one that I would, Seen maybe a, get a couple more starts, but you know at the same time you you get rid of one of these veteran guys, they very well could be gone. Uh, they might not slip through uh, when you're visiting them for assignment. You might not be able to keep them around. And if you don't think that Davis or Criswell are, are actually ready for a spot, then you know you're probably doing them a disservice to to bring them up. You know the Rockies with the five game win streak last week, the closest that they got to the White Sox was a half a game out. And when I say White Sox, I mean in the reverse standings, right? They're not going to lose more games than the Royals or A's, uh, but the white Sox potentially they're, they're in that hunt. And what's at stake is 16.5% for uh, the likelihood of the first overall pick in the 2024 draft. So there's a draft lottery now. And I've been thinking, you know, should they get any criticism if somehow the white Sox, you know, pass them up and now they, they lose a certain, uh, Amount of percentage points and, and reduce the likelihood of getting the first overall pick. For me, personally, I've, I've tried that on, and I don't really think so, because they traded the veterans. They're letting the young guys play. If they happen to win five games in a row, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, and they've just got swept by the Padres, so they've kind of undone that anyway. I yeah. It would be a bummer, I think, to lose out on that opportunity or a greater opportunity to get the first overall pick, but at the same time, the Rockies have put this team out on the field and this is the team that it should be. And if it shakes out that they're, you know, the fourth worst team, the third, it kind of is what it is. I don't know what what have been your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, one thing that we've heard from Bill Schmidt, we've heard from Bud Black, we've heard from a lot of people in the Rockies front office is the fact that they want to field a competitive baseball team and they want to make sure that whatever they're doing is good for the game. So they're not going to tank. They're not going to make sure that they get a chance at that first overall pick. But, but I will tell you, just personally, I'm going to be a little disappointed if they don't have one of those best shots to get the number one pick because we talked about all the things that the Rockies haven't done through the years, and having that number one overall pick is one of them. So I, I think it would be great to have, let's get the 100-loss season out of the way, and let's also get the first overall pick out of the way as well. I think why not? Let's do both of the off season.
0: Two for one. That's, that's a pretty yeah, good deal. Yeah, it's, it's a, a two for Absolutely. So they like Shady Raves. Buy one, get one. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Jim Bowden had a cool article, uh, Jim Bowden of MLB Network, where he ranked all 30 team rookies. Man, there's a lot of really good rookies out there. Rockies were 10th. I was surprised. As I was going through the list, I'm like, we're going to see Rockies pretty high. But then when you look at the list of the other teams, I think it was fair. It made sense. Atlanta, 30th. They just have gotten nothing from rookies, but they've gotten everything from their veterans. So It doesn't necessarily mean anything. I just thought it was uh, you know, an interesting article from Bowden. But you've got three really talented rockies rookies do you think kevin the rockies could possibly get rookie of the year award votes for three different rookies
1: Ooh, uh if they look at brenton doyle's defense and and don't look at his offensive statistics possibly uh, i i do think tovar and jones will get a rookie of the year votes i i absolutely believe that i think they'll both get some third maybe jones will get a, a number two in there it's very possible uh you know and i know a lot of folks don't think that that uh he is he's worthy of that high uh of a vote but i think if you really look at what he has done this year he's going very much under the radar whenever there's so much uh, out there about spencer steer obviously corbin carroll is the shining star uh, i i will say two of the three get uh get rookie votes what about you
0: probably two of the three you, you never know it's, it's hard with the rookie of the year because it's only three votes so if you're throwing yeah. someone a, a bone in your 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 last pick uh, that could have some implications a little bit uh at least on finishes second and third so i think i think we'll probably end up seeing two uh good good chance of that shohei otani not a good chance he's coming to colorado um and and maybe maybe we'll change our tune on that in the future. If, you know, if we need to fill a podcast uh, this off season. but I, I'm just kind of curious. He's got some some flaws, right? Major and minor. Uh, we know. Are any of those flaws concerning? Do you think they'll be concerning to any team? Got the elbow issue. Got some kind of surgery. It's a mystery. Probably more of an internal break, in my opinion. From what I've I've seen, he cleaned out his locker over the weekend. Still going to around the team he also kind of dictated his pitching schedule and whatnot i don't know is this any of this concerning should it be concerning to any teams
1: i I think it i think in the right culture it won't be I, i think that he very much has run the angels even with mike trout in there i still think that shohei has kind of almost eclipsed mike trout's son which is really weird to say but i think he has Uh, But I think if he goes to a culture like, let's say, oh, I don't know, a Los Angeles Dodgers or, you know, uh, I know, you know, but he goes somewhere like that, that there's already (laughs) established superstars on there. uh, Then I think that it's something that he'll be much more of a, a team player, just my gut feeling only. But I do think at some point Shohei is going to be a hitter only. I think that at some point he's not going to be pitching anymore and he's going to be able to focus on the hitting. And we'll see what that does next year because that you know we'll likely have a year of just hitter show hey next year and what will that do?
0: Hit hey, hit hey, hit hey, Tani. Hit, Why not <laughs> Freddie Freeman? We'll talk about uh, Ronald Cunha joining the forty forty or forty sixty club in a sec, but Freddie Freeman, stolen base last night, joins the twenty twenty club, twenty homers, twenty stolen bases, only the sixteenth time a first baseman has ever done it. Jeff Bagwell's done it most times three times only the 11th first baseman to ever do it kevin who is the last first baseman in ml three to steal 20 bases and hit 20 horse oh Anybody boy
1: that's he was a rocky oh there's there's a rocky twist
0: Yeah, it was rocky rocky. It? come on ian desmond let's oh, not forget
1: the,
0: the 2020 season at first base for Ian Desmond, 20 homers, 20 stolen bases. Man, for number 20. baseball.
1: Number 20, it, that baseball. is
0: baseball. That's right, hey, that's baseball. <laughs> Ronald Acuna, one homer away from joining the 40-40 club and starting the 40-60 club, and then maybe also starting the 40-70 club.
1: Yeah.
0: He is, uh, man, him and rookie Betts, it seems like it's gonna be really hard figuring out who the MVP is. And if maybe voters are going to look at things differently, granted, what I'm about to say, uh, it goes from AL voters to NL voters. Like the whole Aaron Judge hitting, you know, 62 home runs last year was that that big of a deal. It was just the American League record. And You look and you go, yeah, but Shohei Otani. Always, but Shohei Otani. Look at what he's doing. And are we going to maybe overinflate? What Acuna is doing with stolen bases—stolen bases are up 41% across baseball, as it were. Right. It's really hard to quantify.
1: It is, you know. One thing that I've I've looked at in the Acuna versus Betts debate, because it's going to be a big one, is the fact that Acuna has been very steady throughout the year. Mookie has had some ups and downs, but Acuna has been very steady in what he's brought to the Braves and. In my humble opinion, that gives him just a little bit more of an edge, more than even the 70 stolen bases. Because I'll be honest, there's part of me that, that, like you said, knowing stolen bases are up already this year. Those numbers, they're eye-popping, but it's also one of those, didn't we kind of expect something like this to happen this year with the bigger bases and the, the pitching rules and everything else?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Adam Wainwright got his 200th win. And, you know, right, that's a milestone, and it it may now become the milestone. 300 wins is now just 200 wins. I don't think we yeah. fully accepted that yet. I think we may have to going forward. You got Adam Wainwright as a Hall of Famer right now, or is he a guy you might need to hear a little more in the conversation and, and could take some time for him to, him to finally get into Cooperstown?
1: I think it's going to take some time for him to get in. I don't think he's going to be first or second ballot, but I think he is one of those guys that fifth or sixth ballots. There will be enough people to point to the 200 wins and, and say, yeah, he deserves to be in Cooperstown.
0: Postseason is taking shape. We got Atlanta and LA already clinched, Tampa and Baltimore from the American League. Uh, it's kind of wild to think that Tampa Bay has clinched before Houston, and Houston is actually leading their division. And they're going to get a wild card. They're going to get a buy in the first round, too. It's, it's just weird how that shakes out.
1: Oh, now let, look at those standings, my friend. I'm going to throw out a little something at you because I will tell you, heading into this week, I thought, yeah, that twin series at the Rockies, it's not there's not really going to be much to play for. You start looking at those standings, the twins are sneaking up on the Astros for yeah. that number two spot. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, with Houston still having a tough road ahead, Will the Twins have something to play for when they come to Coors? And if things keep going the way it is, that's a very real possibility.
0: Loving your fresh angle, as always. I'm curious, which NL wildcard contender is going to be the most dangerous in the postseason? I, I, I'll tell you that I thought initially Philly. Yep. But, uh, partially... Um, with, with their rotation, but Aaron Nola is not great. Zach Wheeler, he's still kind of in the Cy Young conversation, you know, for, for top three, top five, but I kind of think the combination of Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly might be the better two punch of the wildcard team.
1: And, and I will tell you, give me the Cubs uh, in that. And especially if they get the six and they've got to play Milwaukee in that three, six matchup. I'm going to tell you, there could be some chaos that happens right there in that little rivalry.
0: Yeah, that would uh, that would bring some juice. That's for sure. In the American <laughs> League, I like Seattle's pitching, like head and shoulders. Luis yeah. Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller. Like that one's that one's a pretty easy one. All Absolutely. Right, so we've, we've got three day games. Weird against Chicago. No night game. Twelve old school baby. Twelve ten. It is old school.
1: I mean, I mean, if Harry Carey doesn't pop out with a bud uh, at some point during this series, I'm going to be very disappointed because I'm telling you, we don't need no stinking lights at Wrigley this weekend.
0: No, sirree. No starter set for the Rockies. Chris Fre- Flexen, Ty Block, and Ryan Feltner—they kind of line up. But I sort of think that maybe Noah Davis might get a start. He threw two innings on, on Sunday uh, out of the pen, just kind of get him acclimated just a bit. Jameson on Jordan Wicks, Javier Assad going for the Cubs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Do you think the Rockies play disruptor, or are they going to kind of fall by the wayside similar to the Padres series? You
1: know, I, I think it really depends on their starting pitching. I think if Ty Block can kind of do what he's done lately, uh, you know, Flexin is, is a little bit of a wild card there. Uh, and then, like you said, I do think Noah Davis is going to get a start in there. I really do. So, uh, I I'm going to go bold prediction and say Cubs take two out of three in their final home series of the season, knowing what's on the line. Uh, but, I, but I do think the Rocks at least take one out of Chicago.
0: Yeah, they must have put a lot of undue pressure on themselves in Colorado. They lost two of three. And, and kind of as you point out, this is their final home series. So, hey, maybe they've learned their lesson in not, not planning on a sweep. You can't plan for a sweep. So two out of three probably seems right, but uh, you never know. That's why they play the game, I think. I think that's what they say, right? They also (laughs) say a lot of other things. Uh, But uh, go ahead and plug away, let folks know where they can uh, check out uh, all of your wonderful work at.
1: Absolutely. Fansided.com, my weekly schedule, or my weekly column. Uh, We'll be writing tomorrow about some of the Cubs that are on the hot seat heading into the postseason that are not named David Ross. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. And uh, then we'll be uh, bouncing back and forth between the clubhouses uh, there, not only covering the rocks, but also – seeing what's going on with Cody Bellinger and those Cubbies.
0: It's going to be good, man. We're going to have it all covered at DVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. Both of them work incredibly well, Kevin, appreciate all the momentum in the world, but I think you may know what we say about that kind of momentum. Don't you?
1: I, I think I've heard it, but I would love to hear it again.
0: Well, that momentum, unfortunately, is only as good as the next show. Thankfully, it's going to be a good one. Susie, hosting again, as she always does on Friday, right here on the DNVR Sports Channel, live on YouTube.
1: Did a good job, huh? Worked out.